listeners, and welcome to The Virgin Podcaster. I'm Olivia, and today we're going to explore one of the most popular and arguably one of the most famous podcasts available, This American Life, more colloquially known as TAL. Just to give some background facts, This American Life has been around for quite some time. And to get my toes wet, I did a little digging and came up with some background facts to settle myself into the history of the series. For those of you who might not know, the first episode aired on November 17th, 1995, and that's when the show used to be called Your Radio Playhouse. The name was switched to This American Life in 1996. It's broadcast by NPR, National Public Radio. It's a national and even international radio show and is distributed by PRI, Public Radio International. Now, I gather and have researched from the number of episodes that I've seen that the format of the show, or heard rather, that the format of the show is rather straightforward. Each week the show focuses on one theme and tells several stories, which they call acts, that revolve around those particular themes, or each particular theme. The show is hosted by Ira Glass, who has been the host and producer of the show since its first episode way back in 1995. He always introduces and closes the episodes and offers commentary between the acts, usually. Occasionally, although I haven't heard any like this, the show focuses on only one act. Interestingly enough, a television program of the same name ran on Showtime from 2007 to 2008. It was also hosted by Ira Glass, but after two years the team requested to be removed from the television because it was hard from the television, from television, because it was hard to replicate the successful radio format on TV. As for types of listeners who liked the podcast, it I strongly believe that it depends on content and topic. The episodes that I listened to, Tart and Feathered, Middle School, and Fear of Sleep, were incredibly interesting and thought-provoking and, oh, just really deep, good, thoughtful pieces. But I, I don't know. I don't think I would suggest those episodes, specifically anyway to people who were just looking for a laugh. I think you have to be interested in serious and thought-provoking material, and especially with the Tarred and Feather episodes, there were moments where I felt gloomy and just completely absorbed in the story of Adam, one of the people whose story is part of one of the acts of that episode. And it just, it kind of struck me in in my core, and I, I don't think that that's something that all listeners would enjoy. However... I know that some of their acts are quite humorous. Mike Birbiglia, a a comedy star and a frequent contributor to their show, does wonderful pieces or skits that are hilarious and I would recommend to everybody. But I think that if you're a devotee of This American Life, you'll love everything they do. But if you're getting into This American Life, I would say maybe start with the topics that interest you and go from there. And then see if you'd like the other things, because I wouldn't necessarily recommend it for everybody, especially not the tar and feathered, tarred and feathered episode. That's definitely not for kids, as Ira points out, if I may call him Ira. It's fascinating the things they cover and the ways the different themes strike different chords for different people and can mean different things. Fear of Sleep, for example, did a masterful job taking fear of sleep itself, you know, fear of what goes on at night fear of behavior of people at night and touched on what different shapes fear of sleep can take, which I thought was fascinating. Anyway, before I get too ahead of myself, since I'm not as familiar with the show as I could be, 
I've only heard three episodes and seen This American Life at the BAM and watched Mike Birbiglia Sleepwalk with me, which is how I got introduced to This American Life in the first place. I have with me two friends, Aaron and Gabs, our editors in chief, editors in chief, editor in chiefs. <laughs> uh, no, it's definitely the former, not the latter. Here at Minerva, and they're going to tell me we're, we're just going to talk about This American Life because they both adore it, and we'll see what they have to say about it. All right, so now I'm going to introduce our two of our, well, our only two editors in chief of Minerva, Gabs and Aaron, both of whom love This American Life, and that was the first podcast that they assigned me to listen to. Um, and I only got the chance to listen to three episodes Fear of Sleep, Middle School, and Hard and Feathered. But now we're going to hear a little bit about their life with This American Life and what it means to them and how much they love it. So, welcome, friends. Thanks for having Thanks. us. Thanks. <laughs> always come back all the time. So, um, I'm Gabs. I don't know if everyone remembers me, um, but I started listening to This American Life in college when I was driving back and forth between where I went to school and where I lived, um, because podcasts are an awesome way to pass car trips, which I highly recommend, and a bunch of friends who already listened to it were like, you should definitely be listening to this. Um, and then when I graduated, Scott had, like... 50 back episodes of This American Life mm-hmm. saved on his computer, and he just transferred them all to me, so I, like, went on an insane This American Life binge. So I'm fairly new to the show. Um, well, I guess it's been, like, five years now, but <laughs> I'm not that new. So I've heard a nice smattering, I guess, of older and newer episodes. Um, yeah, I'm Erin, and my I was raised by NPR junkies, so I've pretty much been listening to This American Life I don't know. The first time I remember listening to it was in high school, so that was probably nine years ago. Um, And then I only really started listening to it regularly, like, every week, like, last year. So I've been listening to it regularly for a year, but on and off for basically a decade. I can tell because um, before this episode, I just messaged Erin a list of episodes and she's like those are all really good (laughs) so clearly both of us were just like all right yeah how did you pick the episodes you chose for me to listen to because I really liked them but I was wondering so kind of like what I wanted to do was make sure that they were representative of the American life because sometimes they do special episodes and I did suggest a couple of those to Erin as potentials um but most of the time they don't focus an entire hour on one subject they like to do their acts So I went to their website and looked at favorites, the favorites section basically, and scrolled through, and anything that I remembered really liking, I wrote down, and then I just kind of wrote down a couple of additional ones that I remembered being really struck by, um, just off of the top of my head, and I sent Mm -hmm. that list to Erin, and then she replied, like, here are my three favorites, but they're all good, and so I just picked those three, since obviously the list I sent was good like I liked all of them and then we forwarded that to you nice well good choices I'm really appreciative that I got such good like meaty topics to listen to I was listening to it in the car on the way back from Maine because I had class yesterday and which I think I listened to I listened to both Fear of Sleep and then I listened to Tarred and Feathered on the way in on the train and I kept turning up the volume on my because the train was going and I was like I just want to hear the story (laughs) but oh they were really good yeah what do we like about this American life? Would we would we recommend this to the listener? I would recommend it to all humans everywhere. <laughs> well, I guess I guess I have to listen to more because my initial thought was I would definitely recommend it to the listener who loves hard hitting, thought provoking topics. 
I don't know if necessarily I'd recommend the tarred and feathered one to say a younger audience because they do deal yeah. with very, I don't want to say intellectual, but they're very thought provoking. They're serious topics, and I don't know if someone just looking for a laugh would want those episodes specifically. But I don't know if they deal with humorous things. Mike Birbiglia, their comedian who contributes a lot, is super humorous, so he's great for everybody too. Yeah, I don't remember exactly all the stories in the episodes we sent you, but um, I mean, like Tart and Feathers is an example of one of their heavier episodes. Yes, it's yeah. definitely one of the heavier episodes. Yes. Um, I would say that their most episodes are probably suitable for like middle school and up, and they generally give a warning if it's yeah. not going to be suitable. Um, you know, I know I listened to it at a pretty young age, and I think the middle school podcast in particular would be great, <laughs> even for fabulous. an elementary school audience going into middle school, knowing what to expect. Wasn't that one requested by a middle school? It was, it yeah. Was. Her Annie called in, and first she was anonymous, she sent a letter, and then she called, I guess, Ira himself, or he answered the phone, um, and they had this nice little conversation about, like, why middle school was important and why she wanted it to be talked about on the show, which I thought was really sweet. Honestly, one of the reasons I love This American Life is because of Ira Glass, yes. now that you mention mm-hmm. Ira Glass. Uh, anytime he does, like, an extended intro where he gets to do an interview, mm-hmm. I always get super excited. Yes, I agree. If not just for his voice, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> so no. weird. <laughs> he read a poem in The Fear of Sleep one, and that was the first one I listened to, so it was just me with, like, my earbuds in my head, like, Ira, please come back. You're beautiful. <laughs> Don't leave me. He's so entertaining. Like, he's so just quirky and weird and, Mm -hmm, like, perfect as a host of the show. Um, I remember a couple years ago, they had someone else host a couple episodes, Mm -hmm. and it was, like, the first time he'd taken a vacation (laughs) since, like, 1995. It was some, like, ridiculous, like, it was the first time anyone else had ever guest hosted the show. And she did a good job. I, I almost feel like some podcasts, you can change the people in and out because the important thing about them is what they're Mm -hmm. like you know um stuff you missed in history class for example like they've changed the hosts out a couple times but the really important thing about that show is like the history that they're telling Mm -hmm. whereas this american life i feel like when ira glass decides he's done with it it's gonna have to end yeah i mean he's been with npr since he was 19 he interned there and then worked a bunch and i don't i don't actually know i didn't find out how he got into working on This American Life, but, like, he's just been with them and been with the show for so long that he is, like, the face or voice of this part of the show. Well, when he retires, at least we'll still have Sarah Koenig. I do love Sarah Koenig. She's amazing. Uh, She's my second fave. Yeah. She's actually the only reason I listened to Serial. (laughs) Because I was like, I don't want to listen to a hyped-up podcast. And then someone's like, Sarah Koenig hosts it. And I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) All right. Something mainstream can be cool, I guess. (laughs) I guess. If she's doing it. So, I guess, you want to just talk a little bit about the different kinds of stuff that was on the episodes you listened to? Yeah, so, Fear of Sleep... Well, I guess I I love that they do this with, at least with the three I heard, but maybe less with the middle school one, because that was specifically about middle schoolers telling their stories, and you can't deviate from that topic too much. But with Fear of Sleep and Tarred and Feathered, they picked topics that could be handled from different angles, and you could see different facets. So when I first listened to Fear of Sleep, I thought it was just going to be about people who are afraid of the dark or have specific sleeping disorders or anything, but then they took it in a whole other direction with talking about bed bugs and someone who had roaches in their house, and it was terrifying for a whole nother reason. <laughs> oh my god, when she said she had got, found, like, a cockroach in her ear, I was driving and I, like, vol- like convulsed in the car. <laughs> but it's fascinating that they can take a topic that you think 
has only so many avenues and then expand it so spectacularly. <laughs> That's like one really common thing they do. I notice sometimes I look at a theme and I'm like, I don't know if I really want to listen to like mm-hmm. to stuff about that. And then it starts and they pick stories that you would never expect yeah. to mm-hmm. actually be fall under that theme. Yeah, recently they had a birds and bees episode that I was like, this has been covered to death. How can you cover birds and bees? any more than it's already been covered and it was really interesting I think it was in that episode there was just uh, covering difficult topics and so they had an episode or a segment about covering death mm-hmm. with children that was really interesting and oh, I was wow. not expecting that at all mm-hmm. so what of, besides from the ones that I listened to like what else was on your list Gabs that you loved that I should listen to next yeah so one of the one of the ones I listed that is was a big deviation for them was they did a two-part episode on Harbor High School Mm -hmm. in Chicago Mm -hmm. and it's this high school in kind of like a like a worse area of town and it's like struggling a lot Mm -hmm. and they talked to the teachers and the students at that school and told a lot of their stories and it was completely fascinating Mm -hmm. and super moving and just hard-hitting. I, I think I remember the episode after that, um, Ira Glass said that they started a fund for Harper High School because so many of the listeners, like, wanted to help because they were, like, going to lose accreditation and all this stuff. Um, so that one was great. Uh, one of my personal favorites that I recommend was um, No Coincidence, No Story. Oh, that was on the list, too. Yeah. I didn't have time for that one yet. So that one... They just asked people, like, what's the most crazy coincidental thing that's ever happened to you? And they picked, like, the craziest ones and told them, like, talk to the people. Mm -hmm. And some of the stories are just so nuts. (laughs) I I found that episode super fascinating because I am, like, fascinated by coincidence and fate Mm -hmm. and, like, all that stuff. Um, Mostly because I don't believe in fate, and so, like, the power of coincidence is amazing to me. And I thought that episode was the bomb. Oh, one of my favorite episodes that, it was a recent episode, but it's still, like, it stuck with me. It's been, like, a year, maybe half a year, um, was an episode called Wake Up Now, and it was about a sort of conference that was happening, and there was a lot of hype about it, and nobody really knew what it was, and so they went to the conference, and they still couldn't figure out what it was, um, and it was uh, sort of like an Herbalife pyramid scheme but Mm -hmm. there were young people there who were putting their entire savings in they were quitting their jobs and they interviewed the participants in this they interviewed the people who run wake up now and i just thought it was very interesting i love the way that they interview and they're just Mm non-judgmental and very empathetic so uh, that like even though it was clear that these people were scammers these people were being scammed you still you know saw their story and believed in them Hmm. and and another thing that's interesting because you were saying, like, they're non-judgmental. They, you know, they're always trying to talk to everyone because they have, like, yeah. the, their journalistic integrity. Um, so, like, two really interesting episodes to listen to is they did an episode about, um, like, Apple products being made in China. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly this guy who, like, went and looked at some of the um, factories that were making these products and talking about, like, how horrible the conditions were and everything. And they aired that episode, and then they found out that some of the stuff he said was just not true. And so they, like, spent a bunch of time trying to hunt down, like, the translator who walked around with Mm -hmm. him in China and stuff like that. And pulled in all these sources of people saying, you know, here's where he embellished or made stuff up, or it didn't actually happen, or... uh, And the, the talk with the translator particularly was super interesting, but... Um, I remember being fascinated by that episode because they just dedicated a full hour mm. to how they had screwed up. That's very respectable. 
Yeah. Yes. And yeah, shows how much they care about their topics and yeah. about what they're doing. And you could really tell. You can really tell in that episode how upset Ira Glass is the whole time, like that that happened, <laughs> yeah. and how like, you know, he's like, "Well, we're I'm mad at this guy for lying to us, but I'm also just like really upset that that this got all effed up." So yeah. that's a really interesting one to listen to. Okay. You're going to have to write me a new list, because I want to listen to all of these. You just have to listen to the, <laughs> write them down, yeah. and go back there. <laughs> exactly, I will. Uh, let's see, what else? Huh, I don't know. Is there anything else you want to ask me about my initial reactions to the episodes, or? What was your favorite, um, act? Oh, man. From which, from any of the That's episodes? That's hard. I can't pick Mike Bermuda's Sleepwalk with me, because I've already seen, I think we were talking about it before the podcast started, but I've already seen it, and if you haven't seen it, everybody, listeners, go watch it, because it's yeah, Ira Glass will produce that, so. Yes, oh, man, did. I didn't know that. Yeah. And if you watch the skit, I forget, I don't think it's called Catsachusetts, but it's about Mike and his wife going to Massachusetts with their cat, Ivan, and Ira Glass is in that as the cat. He's in a, <laughs> he's in a full cat suit, and he, like, pulls the head off at the end and walks back to the podium. Oh, it's beautiful. And that's the best thing I've heard all week. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> Ira Glass in a cat suit. Mm-hmm. And I, like, pull it away from him as he's walking, and then he's back in, like, a tuxedo, and he just, like, walks to the stage, and you're like, Um, so let's see. I don't know, they were all super fascinating. I think the one that hit me the hardest or left the deepest impression on me was the one about Adam from the Tarred and Feathered. Um, Mm -hmm. just because it was, and I think I'd read an article about him in, I think I saw someone post it on Facebook like two years ago, but it was that story. Um. You just for anyone who, who doesn't know. Yeah. Oh um, yeah, I should backtrack. They, they decided to talk to this group of pedophiles online but like their whole mo is Mm -hmm. that they're pedophiles who never want to ever like harm a child yeah and so this reporter was like going and trying to talk to people like who identified as pedophiles and telling this like particular i think he is he still a teenager like he's in his 20s now 19 he was 16 when he decided when he told his mom that he wanted to see a therapist and like talk about what he was feeling and i think he was 19 at the time of the interview okay but i don't know when that aired so it might be might have been a few years ago yeah. Yeah, I think it's a couple of years old. Yeah. I think he was in college at that point, so he must still be okay. in college or just graduating now. But. Yeah, and then the reporter tried to, like, talk to other people about it, and it's just, mm-hmm. like, a super sensitive, volatile topic. Yes. <laughs> but just really, inter- handled in a really interesting way. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that was actually one of the moments that you pointed out, Aaron, where Ira Glass does say, like, this is not for kids, this is a topic that we're handling very, not delicately, but we're handling sensitively and to make sure, like, this is a hard-hitting topic, so be careful very young years or whatever um but it was handled very well and very interestingly and it just I was that was the one I heard on the train going into class and I just had my earbuds jammed in my ears listening to Adam's story and just feeling super connected and I guess appreciative that he wanted to share that personal information with an audience so that one left a huge impression on me um and then the middle school one was just adorable. And yes, <laughs> oh, like the school middle school dances, like you remember those, and like everyone in the vivid home. memories were brought back. Yeah, <laughs> like with the lights off on her half, and like, Aww. do you want to dance with the boy? Do you not want to? Like, yeah. my mom made me wear their shirt. Super cute. Yeah, totally. The girl who didn't respond told all of the boys, oh, yes. "I don't know." When she was asked to the dance by multiple boys, mm-hmm. she didn't want to say no. Yep. Yeah, been there. And the one boy who was like, I, we just started dating about 20 minutes ago, but she came up to me and asked if she wanted to go out with me, and he, he was like, yeah, I guess so, let's do it. Oh, oh middle school. Yep. 
simpler times. <laughs> and you find out now that that's the point in your life when your brain's the most adaptable and flexible, and you're like, well, I should have picked up that third language when I was 12, and should have known then. Yeah. You, like, retain more, or your gray matter is more receptive. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whatever. They explain it better. Science. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. No, those are all really good episodes. I guess all of us clearly like the show, but I thought it could yes. be interesting to just talk about anything we see as, like, a setback or pitfall for the show. Um, I thought you brought up a good point earlier that mm-hmm. someone who, like, just wants to listen to, like, a funny, quick podcast should definitely not commit themselves to This American Life because yes. it is 16 minutes long mm-hmm. and they do sometimes cover super intense stuff. Um, so it's not really for the casual listener. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think for for that kind of listener, just kind of skim through the topics and then if one happens to interest you, check it out. Um, also, I guess I loved the acts. I think you get a lot of different flavors from the different stories they tell about one theme. But I could understand if someone just wants one of you know, one act and one voice and one topic that it would be too jumpy. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I prefer the investigative journalism far more than the personal narrative. Mm-hmm. And when I see that there's a personal narrative, I tend to skip it. <laughs> uh, so for me, I just want to hear, like, awesome journalism. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. I also really like the personal narrative, but... If it's a comedian, I'll listen to it, but... If it's yeah. just somebody telling a story, I'm usually not on board. I was going to say that one of my least favorite things they do on This American Life is when they just decide to read, like, a fiction story. Um, yeah. Um, okay. That happens on some of their episodes, and I always dislike it. <laughs> I was going to say, did you l- dislike the one, the case of the Mimi, or Mimi's in the Middle? That yeah, the, the case of the Mimi's, yeah, yeah. I didn't like okay, that. I that was... One's... Not on board. I want it. I don't think it's as dynamic when it's just one person talking yeah. versus you know a reporter interviewing yeah. several people. It did feel a little long that part, mm-hmm. especially since it happened right in the middle or it was close to the end. But it felt like it dragged just a little bit more. The story was super interesting, and I personally liked it, but it didn't flow as smoothly as the rest of yeah. it. Yeah, it depends on like how good of a storyteller the person is too, yeah. which is the problem sometimes. One of the th- weird things that they used to do with fiction is that, like, they would just have, they'd be like, act two, this thing, and they would have someone read the story, and then at the very end of it, they'd be like, by the way, that was fiction. So, like, sometimes you would listen to it and be like, this is, there was, I remember there was one short story about a guy who had, like, an armadillo, and his brother had, like, some kind of developmental disability, Mm -hmm. and so he's, like, trying to take care of his brother, and the brother, like, almost killed the armadillo or something, and then the brother ended up dying, and the guy would, like, go into his bathroom and, like, put the armadillo underwater, and then, like, right before he, like, drowned it and killed it, he would, like, pull it out of the water. And this was, like, his weird therapy aggression to get over, like, his brother's death. And I remember listening to that, like, being horrified, like, where does armadillo? (laughs) And, like, it ended, and they were like, that was a story. Don't worry. The armadillo is fine. And I was like, you motherfucker. I know, you could have prefaced with that, like, lead with that part. (laughs) That, that annoyed me, and then I was going to say that my, my little brother, he doesn't like mm-hmm. This American Life, um, but I think it's kind of for the reason that we were discussing, where he thinks it's, it gets boring just because it isn't. I mean, it's weird, because it's really dramatic, but it's, like, even keel, so, yes, like, definitely. people are, like, never shouting at each other, really, yeah. um, and so he says, like, he starts listening to it, and then just, like, totally zones out and, like, stops yeah. caring, because... 
because people aren't like constantly mm-hmm. pulling you in. That's, I think that's why I felt kind of, so I didn't cut you off, but I think that's why like, I felt vaguely unsettled for some of it, because they're super dramatic moments, but everyone's being very calm about them, and it just makes it feel a little off, or unsettling in that way. I think Ira Glass must re- lead some sort of training so that all of the reporters talk in the exact same manner of all. Yeah. <laughs> they ask the questions with the same, like, timbre in their voice. How do you feel about that exactly? Yeah, and they're, like you said, not judgmental at all. Um, and I feel like they don't, they do hard-hitting journalism, but they don't ask gotcha questions, which I feel like for some people, that's the excitement of it, but I think the fact that they don't ask gotcha questions helps them actually get the real story, so I don't have a problem with no gotcha questions. I don't either. I, I prefer it when they're like, so I, like, went back and looked at these five years of records, and we found, like, these two discrepancies, and you're like, mm-hmm. dang, that's dedication. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate, like, that aspect of it. Like, my total nerd, like, research mm-hmm. aspect Definitely. of it. Yeah, they do their research really thoroughly and really well. They do. Tell. That's kind of part of NPR's thing. Yeah. So I guess if you don't like NPR, you might not <laughs> like this podcast. Can't believe there are people who don't like NPR. I know, right? But I will say, um, if you get on the iTunes store and you like, go to the podcast section, This American Life is consistently, like, the number one or number two podcast of the week and usually like the most recent episode is also in, in their top 10 of mm-hmm. listened to podcasts so it is extremely popular i can confirm that that is where it was when i went on itunes <laughs> this past week to look up episodes to listen to all right well, does anyone have anything else to say about this american life i think it was a good first podcast for me definitely get my feet wet it's really good for a beginner yeah um because because it is so popular and universal, like and I mean clearly some people don't like it, but but it's like, straightforward. It tells you exactly what it is right at the yeah. beginning of the podcast. If you hated it, I'd be like, ooh, this is gonna be a, gonna be a rough road for you <laughs> having to listen to so many podcasts. <laughs> what did you sign up for? No, I really liked it. I guess just talk about what's on the yeah, table. Yeah, next month. Docket. Yeah. Uh, Olivia and I will be discussing Monster Talk. I have to say, just as a preface for the next episode, I started listening to the sleep one in conjunction with the fear of sleep from, I was going to call it, wait, wait, don't tell me, from This American Life, so I was just listening to them both completely, but I'm really excited. Two different aspects of sleep, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so for anyone who doesn't know, Monster Talk is uh, run by some people who are part of, like, Skeptics Magazine, and so the thing that I think is fascinating about the show is originally I just thought it was going to be people talking about, like, existence of monsters, which Mm -hmm. is still interesting to me, but it turns out that it's skeptics looking critically at the evidence that they have and thinking about whether it's possible these monsters really do exist, and they're always bringing on, like, scientists and researchers Mm -hmm. and experts, so it's basically, like, the This American Life version of monster hunting, um, and it's... It's really fun. So, if you're interested, we're going to be listening to, I think it's, I've got to get this off my chest, which is the most recent one. It's about sleep paralysis. All of the titles are puns, by the way, because the guy who runs it is like that. Um, I'm going to be listening to Ancient Alien Astronauts with guest Kenny Fader. Uh, It's an excellent episode. And what is it? Oh, The Warren Emission, which they recorded uh, right after... Oh my god, I can't even remember the name of the movie. <laughs> the scary movie that just came out with the family living on the farm and the clapping. 
The Conjuring. Oh, right. Um, they they recorded that right after The Conjuring came out because uh, the Warrens are these like super famous paranormal investigating couple, mm-hmm. um, and like basically famous like haunting that you've heard of. They were the people who investigated it, and it turns out they're like full of shit. And so that episode is basically <laughs> talking about how they totally embellished the story mm-hmm. behind The Conjuring and um, like screwed up a bunch of stuff. So we're going to try to get in, like, a, a wide range of types of monsters, and... Yeah. yeah. I also downloaded the one about Cthulhu, just because Cthulhu. So I might good listen to that on my own. We have an H.P. Lovecraft bent. Yes, we at do. At Minerva. Yes. <laughs> I have to show you. I found a link for little plushy Cthulhus that you can crochet. And they're adorable. super adorable. So we can maybe have another Minerva mascot. Yeah, so I guess that's... We'll wrap up the episode. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for hosting. And I will check back with you listeners during our next Virgin Podcaster. I'm Olivia. I'm Gavs. I'm Erin. And you can find this and other episodes of the Virgin Podcaster on MinervaMag.com. No, yes. Yes. 